about watching that television show I taped yesterday? Welcome once again to Lucky 7. Everyone knows when you go to a casino and you get exactly 1-7, that's Lucky. The Lucky 7th episode of Do You Remember Robotech? Featuring our special guest, Manny. Hey, I'm Robotech Man. Yeah, It's true. You love Robotech. You have Robotech on your walls. You have Robotech coasters. I've got a Robotech tattoo. Yeah. Were you going to say tattoo? Uh, I was going to say lawsuits. You're, you're such oh. a big fan of Harmony Gold that you just love suing everyone. Uh, I'm suing everyone in for Masek, right? Me and my buddy Masek, we go way back. But I don't think Masek was really involved in those lawsuits. For as many problems that guy has, I do not think he was in charge of actually suing people. I would be all right. Yeah, I think he legitimately had some beef with with Harmony Gold for the ways in which they they treated some of his projects. Uh, he might have approved of the lawsuits. Don't get me wrong. He might have been. I bet there's an interview somewhere. Someone asked him about the lawsuits. He was like, yeah, fuck those people. Harmony Gold deserves all those rights, but I don't actually know for sure. So better better not to see him. I'll probably hear about it one day. Right. What, was your, what was your last lawsuit you did, Manny? Uh, I got like 20 cents from when Sony got breached for the PlayStation thing. Wow. I think you showed him. Good job. And and they gave everybody free games. I don't know if you remember that. I think I got infamous out of that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Did I introduce myself? Did I say my name is Shane? Hi. Oh, uh, hey Shane, how you doing? Good, good. I the Macross fan to converse with my my Robotech friend. I bet there's some real people out there, like friends. One of them loves Robotech. One of them loves Macross. One of them objectively wrong to to love Robotech the way they do. <laughs> there are many really? such cases. They they just grew up with it. I mean, they they didn't have any other choices growing up. Yes, it's uh, very sad. They had like that and Transformers, and I know which one you'd rather pick. Uh, neither. A guy in this uh, the new character in this episode, you know, Chiron and his Macross name is a little hard to say. He sounds exactly like a Transformers villain named Shockwave, and I was I was half certain. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is like the same voice actor. It turned out not to be, not to be the same voice actor. Uh, but you know what I do like to have is not voice actors. That's not the first segment. The first segment is standing ovation. Yay. Well, hold on. Don't clap yet. Yeah, stop your clapping real, real quick. I uh, just want to say, you know, real, real talk as the kids say, uh, content warning. This is uh, mostly for standing ovation, uh, but also uh, kind of broadly for the episode. Uh, we'll be discussing self-harm. Uh, so if you are not cool with that, um, like a lot, skip the standing ovation segment. If you're, you know, just like maybe only a little bit uncomfortable, we won't get too into it in, in the show, but it is present uh, over the course of events that happen in both episodes. Right. So now with that being said, you know, you can clap now. Wow, thanks. Thanks, clappers. Wow. We got episode seventh one here. This one is called Highway to Hell. Manny, you uh, taking a look at it? 
Um, I'm in the standing ovation page waiting oh, yeah. for leave to scroll down. All right, audience and Manny, you have permission to go look down just one picture this time and tell me what you see. Whoa, he's got like little things growing off of him. Yes, so those yeah. little things are the stand. This is actually not the stand user that, uh, as you can see, as she, you know, she, by the way, uh, looks attacked. very, yeah, she's very uncomfortable from those gross little protrusions. Uh, yeah, yeah, three I'm, purple protrusions. They're, they're very, a uh, little, little bit gangly, kind of look like flowers a little bit, and they appear to be like propelling, like they're spinning uh, a little bit fast. Uh, wow. And they are specifically around her neck. Uh, and there's also a little bit of an indent in her neck as well. I, I see the indent. I would describe them more as fungi than flowers. Okay. Just, like, just a weird uh, purple fungi, especially with a thick stem that they've got. Yeah. Uh, the, the floating ring around them is, is weird. I don't, I don't know what that is. I think that's supposed to indicate that it's, it's propelling somehow. I think it's just that, a little weird that it's like spinning. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So yeah. What do you think, uh, this, this little stand does. So I'm looking at it uh, and is it only three or does it go around the neck? It goes around the neck. Okay. So maybe more than three yeah. It's highway to hell it is it's got propeller motion. So it takes you somewhere that the stand user really wants to put you in. For example, the stand, you're fighting the stand user and mm-hmm. you, they use this, this power and like, like they throw you into uh, one of those small town bars where you go in and they, everybody looks at you, everybody stops playing pool and they look at you. Like, we don't take kindly to you around here. That happens in, that happens in the Sonic the Hedgehog live action movie, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Someone uses a stand against Sonic and it goes, whoa. Is that an enemy stand? Is that the Sonic voice or is that just your yeah, voice? That's my that's my Sonic voice. Okay. Great. Well, I guess kind of in this case you're going to somewhere you want to go, but but no, uh the actual standability is related to that content warning I gave. And you and the audience can go ahead and take a look at that GIF to see how this works. Uh but Highway to Hell's ability is uh, a little bit useless to the person who uses it. Very fitting. Uh, so when the stand user attempts to harm themselves, he attaches this to his target, and they take all of the harm as well, uh, up to and including death. And, and uh, oh. the way it works is that specifically Highway to Hell will do the things that the main user is experiencing back to them. So, so in this instance, the user is, is attempting to, to, to hang himself. And so Highway to Hell is kind of putting that same pressure onto his victim's neck. Uh, and there's not like anything going on where he's like stopping himself at the last moment, like the, the Shikamaru bit in Naruto where he like bangs his head back or like throws a kunai, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, he's just a guy that has a lot of issues he needs to work out. And fortunately, they managed to, to stop him uh, with you know her, her little clever stand, which we will not be talking about. Maybe in the future. Uh, one, one quick question about this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so the negative feedback does get passed, but also, but does like positive things get passed through? Like, nope. Like, I don't if, think so. If the stand user is eating a really good slice of chocolate cake, does does the person being affected <laughs> like just be like, wow, yummy? That'd be that'd be really sweet. You know, I guess I can't rule it out because it never sees it, but we only see it when he starts to do damage to himself. It activates. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a little weird one. I really like this chapter a lot. It's uh, obviously, you know, pretty, pretty dark humor in it, but if you can get past that, it is uh, a fairly ridiculous fight where you are fighting against the guy 
trying to kill himself to kill you. And so you're fighting him by trying to make him save himself, uh, which is a, a nice little clever bit, which I, I, I quite enjoyed. Manny, what do you think of Highway to Hell? The, the ability, the design's a little bit. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't think I'm a fan of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't read the chapters. So I don't know. I can't, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but just looking at it, just the info I have, not a fan. Okay, fair enough. Uh, would just like, just like not enough of a design to you? Seems like a little in bad taste. No, I, I I can handle. I watch anime. I can handle bad taste. Yeah, <laughs> you read a Sakai, you can really handle bad taste. Yes. Uh, no, it's just more like it feels on paper. Like just reading what it does, it feels a bit contrived. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the the ending to that fight is a little bit contrived too. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's highway to hell. A little, little, little short one. Didn't have a lot of time to research, but it was was fitting. Probably. Hopefully, nothing much more relevant happens in Macross or Robotech than that happens in this episode later on. So let's continue to Mandy's segment. His little little baby segment. Ah, I'm a little baby segment. Feed me. That's what it is like. That's what it says. It's voice actors. Oh yeah, voice actors. Uh, they they act with their voice. <laughs> This time we're doing uh, <clears throat> Noriko Ohara. Uh, yes, I did have to pronounce it like that. She is which which Claudia last name are we using in, in Macross? Uh, uh, Lasalle. Claudia Lasalle, right? Wow. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised I knew that off the top of my head. Wow. Good job. I'm mm-hmm. proud of you. So she voices Claudia. She's also she hasn't uh, she's been in the business for a long time, but she does not have a lot of roles, at least in in the quick research that I've did here. Let's see. We are going to hear her in uh, Genesis Climber Mospita. So look forward to that. But other than that, she really just has like the one long recurring role in uh, Yurusa Yatsura. Oh, who's she in that? She is uh, Oyuki, one of the uh, tenants there. Nothing. Have you ever seen any of, uh, of Yatsura? Kind of like when I was in high school, way, way back in the day, like on a, a bootleg VHS that didn't have subtitles. I hear people oh. like that reboot a lot. I think I, I, I think I watched like three episodes of that reboot and it was really fun. But I just didn't keep going. I really like the coloring that they use in that reboot. I, I think I hear people tell me that a lot after they go on dates with me. Like, you know, I went out three times. It was really fun. But just, you know, it's a little bit too much. Yes. I mean, the, there is a certain amount of shame that you want. Maybe, maybe about once a week for about an hour. That's really all you want. <laughs> I was a little sad when, when we started this podcast. You said, I want you to understand we will not talk ever outside of this podcast. We do this. And I agreed. But, you know, it's a fun hour when we do it. <laughs> she does a Doronjo. In Yatterman, way back in the original Yatterman, and all the way up to the, the weird kind of sequel series that they did five years ago. Hmm. Uh, wow, almost 10 years ago at this point. Yatterman Night. I've only seen the live action Yatterman movie directed by Takashi Miike. Oh, wow. She's, I don't think she's done that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fun. It's a little bit too much once again, uh, but it's fine. It's a, it's a good time. Over those anime adaptation live action movies go. Did the live action JoJo's Bizarre Adventure movie too. Uh, she does the narrator for uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Do you know? Do you know what that is? Oh yeah, that's cool. That's a very different vibe for narrators between Macross and Robotech. Oh yeah, coming to again this episode. <laughs> oh man, and a couple of things here and there. Future Boy Conan, the Conan, not not the Conan, a Conan. Uh, not, not much going on here. She really does not have a lot of roles. Okay, fair enough. Well, thank you so much for telling us about the roles she does have. And I'll be thinking of, I mean, Duranjo, that's like kind of a heavy hitter. Or the the yes. original Duranjo? Yes. yes. That's cool. Yeah. Mad respect to that. Uh, shout out to LaSalle. Right. Yeah. You ready to, ready to get in this episode? You ready to get some summaries? How are you feeling? Let's summarize. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, you know, get just the kind of the tone of these episodes off right away. I think this episode kind of sucked. Uh, this is maybe my least favorite for both of them. 
I felt like it was like a bad melodrama. And then I sat down and I watched Robotech. It was, ah, here's a bad melodrama, I guess. <laughs> and it was one of the most unpleasant watching experiences I've had yet. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into it when we read uh, some summaries. And I'll start with yours. Episode seven of Macross. Bye bye, Mars. A quick little fun fact about me. It's going to sound edited. I, sound, I said that really fast. But quick little fun fact. When I was on a cruise ship as a child, I like little Woody and Buzz dolls from Toy Story. And I went to like the edge of the ship and I threw them off and I said, bye bye, Woody. Bye bye, Buzz. Wow. Yeah. That, that That's like, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to get to the end, but that's kind of like Misa at the end of the episode. <laughs> Damn. Brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello, Mars. Bad guys are scoping out Mars and they find an abandoned base. So Commander Bertai decides to set a trap with the reinforcements he calls for at the end of the last episode. Who are these reinforcements? Well, it's Kamajin Kravjera's group. This guy plays a friendly fire on, and to prove it, his fleet defolds right next to Britai's ships, ramming four of them. What a rogue! Over the Macross, there's some classic space warfare going on, and Akari was seeing his fellow pilots get shot down one after another. This is the third attack in as many days, and with each one, they're forced closer and closer to Mars. Very sus. After the battle, Hikaru is walking around town when he hears some good old-fashioned propaganda declaring how Valkyrie squadrons kicked butt out there and not worry because everything is totally fine. Scout's honor. He tells Minmei how it's all lies and she has to do her own research. She gives him a cute little invitation letter to her birthday party next episode. Even has a little heart on it, so it must be some cozy event for her closest friends and family. On the bridge, they're receiving a signal from the Sala base on Mars. Weird. That place is abandoned, but Breezy Bruno thinks supplies left over could be of some use, so he ignores all the red flags and orders a Mars landing. Misa flashback! Misa has a sweetheart who is stationed on the Salabase on Mars. Rest in peace. Kamajin has set his trap. Now that the Macross has landed, they start charging up the buried gravity mines. Anyway, while guarding the resupply convoy, Hikaru asks Fokker for some time off next episode, but it turns out the whole squad was invited, and they all want time off next episode, too. Misa joins the resupply convoy as well to look for her sweetheart. Go get some closure, girl. The trap is discovered, but it's too late. The attack's begun. They can't move the ship, but the enemy has over 1,000 battle pods. Game over, man. Game over. The battle has begun to cross. Bubbly Bruno has a plan. Let's have someone with emotional trauma tied to the space blow the whole thing up and take the enemy attack force and gravity mines with it. Weird that just one person can set the base's reactor to overload and explode, but Misa pulls it off. As she's making her escape, she becomes trapped conveniently right next to her sweetheart's room. So she sits down to read his diary and gets ready to die. Hikaru is ordered to go rescue her, but he's hesitant. What if she was invited to Minmei's party too? Battle stuff happens, and Hikaru manages to reach the window of Misa's sweetheart's room. He breaks down the walls of the room and maybe breaks through the tobles. I don't know what that is. Supposed to say walls, okay? (laughs) You can't edit it in the middle of the podcast. Oh, that's not. You cannot. You cannot edit the rest of the. Oh my god! There you go. Boom. Breaks breaks through the walls of her heart and also this Google document uh, because some weirdly romantic music plays. Misa doesn't want to go, but he picks her up anyway and blasts off. The base explodes, the Macross takes off, and Kamajin is pretty pissed. He won't make it a mid-made birthday party since he already RSVP'd. Hopefully, he'll find a way to attend. Back on the Macross, Mies is having the biggest bum out yet as she looks down the space. Mars getting smaller and smaller in the distance. I like that joke about everyone getting invited to Mies' birthday party. That's funny. 
That's good. I'm surprised you didn't interrupt me when I inserted the a battle crosses in there. Uh, I groaned mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all the groaning mentally. Uh, I, I changed the ending at some point. Uh, I don't know why I didn't copy over. Let me let me check. Oh my god. Quick. This is this is the hot on the heels episode, folks. We are wow, wow. We are scrolling, okay. we are riding, we are screeching metal as Manny gets his edited in the last moment. So, so reread that ending. Let's see what you think. All right. So this is like the DVD deleted scenes. You know, you didn't like that ending. Here's the alternate <laughs> ending. Back on the Macross, Misa gazes out into space. As Mars recedes in the darkness, she too recedes into the darkness of her pained heart. There you she go. Gets, gets, she should eat some Cheerios. That's good for your for your heart. Yeah, uh, the Honey Nut ones are especially good. I think those are like probably the ones that are not as good for you, yeah, but they do taste are, good. They do taste real good. If you if you if you get like the regular ones and the Honey Nut ones and just mix it up, you can get like the mm. good and the bad. That's smart. I have three variety of Cheerios in my house right now. Uh, the yogurt ones are real good too. I had three of the oat varieties and the Honey Nut variety. Oh wow. Good job. Yeah. Good job. I had four, then now I have three because I ate one because it was freaking delicious. Good job eating. Yeah, yeah. Quick, you know, Macross opinion this episode, all the Misa stuff did not work for me at all. I thought it was like bad melodrama and was definitely partaking in some some sexism stuff going on with the way that Misa is portrayed. She's like crying whole time over this this person we had never seen before maybe a little bit unfair but seems a little bit rude to her character who's like very professional and, and well built uh, like obviously it's, it's like you know women are, are people too in fiction and it's good that they are three-dimensional and of course like have love but when specifically you are like ready to explode because of your beloved that we just heard about died that's pretty lame i think it's weird because she was she was ready to, to just book it she was she was booking it until she just got blocked in and then she just completely gave up. Yeah. She ha- she heard the, she smelled those smelly smells of her boyfriend in, in her room. And that was enough to keep her in. Maybe she saw some incriminating information in his diary. <gasps> wow. What do you think was in there? He actually sucks at, uh, <laughs> at being a soldier. That's why he went to Mars so she couldn't see. No, the incriminating info is that he's really good at being a soldier. She, oh. He lied to her. He's like the biggest mass murderer ever. Oh my god! Yeah, he 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 killed one billions of Trotty before they took him down. Just he's like, like bare he's hands. Like, he's like twenty Roy Fockers. Yeah, but yeah, I, it didn't work for me either. I don't know if you noticed, but like I completely just skipped over the flashback. I just I just gave him a big old rest in peace. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to it when we we discuss it more. Yeah, go go read mine. Uh, mine oh. is I skipped over a lot because this is a very boring episode where not a lot happens. All right, let's see episode seven. Bye bye Mars. Those dang aliens are planning to ambush our heroes at Mars. Joining them is a new cool guy named Chiron, who's known for killing his own guys, but not for drinking. He's been, he's been clean for five years. Their plan is to make the a big gravity mine that locks in the Macross on Mars' surface so they can't escape. On the Macross, Rick tells Minmay that they're broadcasting propaganda, and that in truth, things are a lot worse than they seem. Minmay seems nonplussed. Minmay did not care one <laughs> She gives a shit. Uh, Minmay seems nonplussed and invites and invites him to her birthday party next episode. Meanwhile, very plussed is Lisa, remembering that her old flame Carl Ryber, Reber, Ryber. Yeah, I think I think right, I think Ryber. Carl Ryber was a Martian, and the reason she joined the military in the first place. She finds herself with a throbbing, gaping, boring heart that's bumping <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, do you, do you like the way I said that? Throbbing, gaping, boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the Macross goes down onto the abandoned base on Mars for supplies, they scan a mysterious signal, and Lisa, her old ailing heart of flutter, volunteers to check it out. 
Then the ambush happens, and the Macross is a sitting duck. Henry tells Lisa her soul is chained by gravity, <laughs> and so she has to blow up her very likely dead boyfriend's home with a reflex furnace. I don't know what that is. That, that is exclusive <laughs> to Robotech. That, that is not a Macross thing. To be free uh, of the chains of gravity. She agrees, but in her mourning, she decides to blow up along with the base. Rick Hunter, refusing to let a woman have agency on his watch, luckily comes by and grabs her with his, uh, grabs her like he's shoplifting a Barbie. That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> thank, thank you. I, I like that. Yes. Grabs her like he's shoplifting a Barbie. <laughs> have you ever shoplifted a Barbie? Are you speaking from experience? I've shoplifted some gummy worms as a child. And anytime I can at a grocery store, if I have something organic, I will say it is non-organic. And maybe I'll play around with like the weight a little bit too if I put it on the edge. So that's wow. how I shoplift. Yeah. Wow. Well, Whole, Food, Whole Foods, fuck you, Whole Foods. Pay Amazon, I'm going to steal your money. I'm going to take it. Give me those organic bananas. Yeah, Jeff Bezos doesn't need it. Safely back at the Macross, Lisa stares at Mars in mourning. While the narrator tells us <laughs> Rick thinks Lisa is looking pretty dang hot right about now. <laughs> Um, I was sitting completely silent, dead-eyed for both of these episodes until, until the very yeah, last yes. second of yeah. Robotech, where I had a big laugh. So uh, shout out. Congratulations, the winner of this episode, Robotech, for at least making me feel something other than the sadness. Let's see here. My very last note is, okay, Mr. Narrator, take a chill pill. God, that was so funny. Okay, well, we get we get to that at at the end. Uh, yeah. Over, overall, what what did you think of this this group of episodes, man? You you said you didn't like either of these very much. Uh, I mean, uh, it's like you said the 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 melodrama is not so good. I completely just glossed over it when it was happening, especially uh, by the time I got to the to it on Robotech. And uh, the action that does happen is not not so great. Not not much going on. They just blow no. up the base. The the only thing that sticks out in this episode is just one quick scene uh, of Hikaru Rick kind of just kicking butt, but it's, uh, he just like shoots down like 10 battle pods, but it just goes by so quick. You hardly even notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Action wise, you can't really compare to the last episode with that Daedalus attack bit, you know, but you know, to be fair, that's one of the coolest things ever. So it's, I think it's fine to have a few mid action sequences after that to kind of balance it out. Mm -hmm. The other big thing we I guess we kind of gloss over it a little bit in, in both of our summaries, but we are introduced to a new guy, Kamajin Kravshera, who is a pretty cool guy, or or Kryon from Robotech. Chiron. Uh, Chiron. Sorry, Chiron. In my notes originally in when I was watching Macross, they're describing him, and I was like, oh, this is like this is like a, a, a Zhang Fei guy. You know, you know, Zhang Fei from uh, Dynasty Warriors from the Three Kingdoms? Uh yes. Yeah, he is a a guy that is known for getting very drunk and being very boisterous and for uh, sometimes getting his own team in a bit of trouble by killing his own guys, which Chiron is all three of those things. Except Robotech is only two of those things because he uh, does no, no longer has a drinking problem. What do you think? What do you think of this guy? He seems like he could be a fun foil for like three, maybe four more episodes. That's all I can give him. Like there, there is nothing to him right now. He's just um, like, oh, I get drunk and I shoot my own people. There's, there was a few fun things with him. I, I I like that he purposely went and, and folded so that he hit the other ships. That was pretty funny. And they're having a competition among his own crew. And that's like yeah. right after he gets off probation, too. He's like, all right, we're off probation. And the very first thing we do is that's like it's like if you get like a military probation, and you just like slam your car into your commanding officers like F SUV or something. It's pretty ballsy. 
Yeah, and they were betting like, oh, how many how many scratches do you think we can get on that thing? Um, the the other fun thing I really liked how when he said hi, he just like does that cheesy little smug wave. Yeah, that was really good. He, he was a smile. Almost, he's being little, he's being cute. Yeah, thank you. I also really like his voice performance in Robotech. I was, uh, first of all, he doesn't have that horrible Zentradi effect to him, or if he does, it's, it's much lighter. And, oh, it's, it's there, but it's very light. Yes, which is strange to see that they can do it in a way that sounds good, but I guess they just choose not to. Maybe they're just committed to having those Exodor and Bertai sound terrible constantly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he sounds great. Uh, I, he reminded me a lot of Shockwave from Transformers, and you know, considering these are both 80s cartoons around the same period, I thought it might be the same guy. They're not a voice actor segment, but spoilers, not the same guy. Uh, but you know, it has that same energy, uh, and that made me happy. Shane from the future here. I wanted to make a little comparison, so I will now show you Shockwave. What is your command, Megatron? And here is Chiron. Commander, the 7th Mechanized Space Division has arrived. We're reporting as ordered Britai. <laughs> wow. Shockwave energy. One thing I do want to mention is it seems like the voice performance illustrates a pretty clear character distinction between these two guys. From my perspective, the Macross, Macross Kravshira is really like a frat bro, like a like very, very boisterous in that way. While comparatively, the Robotech one is like a little bit more snivelly, you know, like a like a second in command guy that is like pulling some shit behind behind your back, but not necessarily doing like beer pong shots. Did you have kind of the same opinion? That really hit me towards the end uh, when when he was blown in his in his little robot blown up, and it really sounded like he said, "Yeah, I'll get you <laughs> next time." Yeah, classic Starscream maneuver. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was that was a fun bit. I was a little surprised about the propaganda angle for this because I'm not really sure. I guess a lot of Macross is understanding or not understanding how that society is functioning within that giant ship. Yeah, because we don't. We, who is is writing this propaganda and yeah. sending it out? Yeah, is, is there like a PR firm that like happened to be on there that's being? you know paid by the military to do this stuff it is very confusing to see is that is this like what shammy does in the back of the bridge <laughs> i would love that shammy is like the evil mastermind uh writing the the heaps of lies for everyone to read uh shammy was weird in this episode did you like she was kind of like hunched scrunched over she she looked like a little kid in this episode in her one line in her why don't we use the rockets line Shammy has a lot going on right now. She doesn't like Mars. She saw Mars attacks. It scared her as a child. Oh, hack, hack, hack. Yeah, she got act. Oh, yeah. Uh, little little fun fact. I had such a hard fucking time figuring out what his nickname was in Robotech. They call him Backstabber. In Macross, they call him the Ally Killer. But there, there are no subtitles for Robotech for what I was watching. They're just like, they, they call him the Vertishabber. I'm like, what? I watched it like 10 times before I, I understood it. Uh, I just had subtitles on. So, yeah. boom, backstabber. Well, I had it right off the bat. That's what I get for choosing not to see butts if ever they are pop up again. I'm a better listener. Uh, yeah, they, they go, they, they're like, hey, we need to go to Mars for supplies. And that's when uh, Misa Lisa remembers her hot boyfriend who, you know, sounds pretty dreamy in Robotech. Sounds a little bit more like a nerd in Macross for what it's worth. But uh, Mr. Yeah. Ryber. What did you think of this little flashback with little baby Lisa Misa? How young is she supposed to be here? I don't, I don't it's know. It's weird. Like, she, in she, Robotech, she's, uh, they're like engaged, right? 
Is she uh, she has like her old lady hair, even though she's a child, which makes it a little weird for me. Yeah, she's got that big curl at the end. But yeah, like I think in Robotech they they specifically say, "Oh, this is my fiance." I don't know the relationship mm. in Macross. I don't think uh, that's why I just wrote "sweetheart" in my yeah. summary. Yeah, it it is weird. Like they they seem to be in love, but they're also not going out because she he's just leaving. He's just like, "All right, I'm out, peace." So I'm not sure what what kind of relationship they have going on here. Yeah, I, I mean. It's been quite a while since they've seen them too, without hearing from them at all. Since she wasn't even in the military, like now she's like second in command of like this huge battleship. Yeah. He one one funny little difference is in Macross. He says like, "Hey, I'm like actually not the greatest soldier. I know your dad, by the way, got me into this position of power, and I, I really appreciate that. But please don't tell him that I suck at soldiering." She's like, "Oh, don't worry, I won't." In Robotech. It seems like the secret he asked not to tell the dad is them, that like their their romance is itself the secret that he doesn't want to tell the dad, which uh well I guess means he's a little bit more competent in the Robotech timeline if he doesn't need a uh, nepotism to get by. Maybe it's unspoken ne- nepotism. That's that's how most of it is anyway. Well, if the dad doesn't know about their dating, then it's likely he would help them, right? Uh I mean the dad would know. All right. Look look at how they're acting. Like the dad is probably just inside the house, looking looking out the out the window. Like, oh yeah, these guys these guys are going on. Yeah. Another a weird little thing that I thought was funny is that in Macross, Misa just says her dad, but in in Robotech, Lisa says, oh, I won't tell the admiral." Like she refers to him by rank. She respects him that way. <laughs> I like. Oh yeah, Chiron blows up one of his own guys at one point. That's pretty funny. Lives up to his name. They're just uh, like yeah. waiting in like some hills somewhere. And they're really bored. One of them's like, they're, they're waiting for the waiting for the gravity mines to charge. Yeah. And uh, once it hits ninety percent, that guy just cannot hold it in anymore. He needs to. He needs to go and kill. He needs to go yeah. be out on the battlefield. He loves the killing. And Chiron just shoots him and it goes him down. He's fine, which is a little. Uh, he's fine. He's fine in Robotech. I think. Uh, no, I no, think they're they're fine in both. You, Are you sure? You, yeah, I'm. I'm positive. You see that he's like totally okay because like, there's footage of like you see him in the blown up thing and like he's making a funny face. Uh, he's. I think he's making a funny face because he's dead and his helmet is cracked open. I. I think you're wrong. I think you're incorrect, and I'll. I'll fight you over it. Here, you. You. You look it up. You do. Go ahead and double check, and I'll continue speaking. So uh, the next thing that happens is a little, little funny, a little wacky difference in the scene where uh, Misa Lisa is in the base and Henry Bruno are telling her like, "Hey, you need to go ahead and blow up this this whole base." With this in the Robotech instance, that weird furnace contraption in Macos is just a reactor, and uh, specifically, Mister Robotech uh, Henry is like, "Hey, listen, this is a suicide mission, and if you don't go, we're going to send Fokker, and he's going to he's going to die." And I think specifically, "Hey, if you don't go do this, this will be a suicide mission for Fokker, who we have to send," uh, which is a little bit brutal. Uh, they has, has to do that. Uh, and, and it seems like he does not have a lot of faith in her to, to do it, which I guess feels well warranted by the end. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, he, he could tell there was something going on. Like, the there was something, there was a reason why she volunteered to go. Yeah, he looks, he looks fine. He's sweating. He's he like the anime, sorry, I mean, he just sent me a picture of, of him. He has like, a, he has like anime, like sweat, like, oh, I got owned just now thing going on. That is not a dead guy. His helmet visor is cracked and yeah. he's open to, to space. Yeah, so he's in Trotty. That's probably he's probably fine. It's Mars. Mm. He does not look dead to me. He look he looks like look in in the language of animation as a medium. 
one sweat drop next to the eye does not signify death. That signifies embarrassment. Okay, I'm I'm gonna leave it as ambiguous on my end. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll compromise. Like, uh, I, and I think this is the case because of how far Chiron goes to explicitly state, "Oh, you, I shot you down, but you're alive, and nobody else do it." Or I'm gonna hurt you like I hurt this guy, but didn't kill him. He, he says that in Robotech or both. Uh, he says that in Robotech. Okay. In in, in Macross, he just says, "Ah, uh, idiot." <laughs> No one else doing anything like that. I picture Dan Reichert saying that for some reason. <laughs> uh, Dan Reichert shooting a guy and calling him an idiot. What an idiot! Did, did you notice there's a? I think in Macross there's a Gundam like alarm sound that played when they put the the combat alarm on. Do you notice that? I don't remember, but I, I have heard other like classic Gundam sound effects. So they they must use like the same yeah. sound library. Yeah, it would be surprising, uh, especially uh, the in episode one when when. I think it was the first time they were shooting one of the guns. One of the, uh, uh, what is the robot mode called? I already forgot. Batroid. Batroid. Uh, that's just like the, the heavy arms shooting a gun sound. Yeah. The well, I have, I have a, a mania note prediction where I, I predict that you made a specific note about something. All right. Is it uh, music during the first battle is weird as F? No, it, I don't like you predicting my prediction. That's one step too far. It's too confusing. Uh, <laughs> it was uh i wrote down manny will make a sex joke about the i'm coming bit in robotech Do uh, you have that you, you you not have when lisa is running down the hallway he says i'm, I'm coming i have i i i have a note here yeah. Do you remember when I said I have a note here? Okay, Mr. Narrator, take a chill pill. And like right above that, it's just it just says Lisa O face. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Look, I, I had that note, but I was not gonna bring it up. <laughs> uh, that was that was just for me. Um I've pulled it out of you. I I fished it out and I've managed to avoid embarrassing myself by embarrassing you once again. I mean I could have just I could have just held quiet, held it to myself. <laughs> that would have been uh, more embarrassing on the inside for you. Do you do you think it was ambiguous who turned on that printer in the base? Uh, yeah, I don't think I really understood that. Like because I, it's it's weird. I I don't see how any of the Centradi people could have gotten in because it's just it's just like normal human sized doors. Hmm. So so but but the computer was on. How did this computer get online? You don't think the Zentradi has got like a really long stick and kind of poked it through the doors to try to activate that printer? To do the oh, signal? they might have really good stick technology. I didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah. Just, just go to the printer, turn on the feed on it. <laughs> I, I felt like it was a little ambiguous. I felt like, oh, maybe there was maybe there was somebody alive on that base and they just blew them up. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't clear. Uh, or it was, and I wasn't paying attention because I was very bored even watching this twice. But anyhow, I guess that's that's most of the episode up till the ending where Rick and Hikaru rescue Misa Lisa. They're very sad. They want to blow up with their beloved. I, I did like one of the lines in Robotech where Rick says he, he's like trying to get her out. And she's refusing and he's like, come on, move it. I'm not leaving this room. I don't know why you're here, but you can leave right now. Is it something I said? Is it something I said? <laughs> Is it because I called you a sourpuss? <laughs> are, are you blowing yourself up in your old in your dead boyfriend's Mars base because I called you old? I have such power. Yeah, he grabs her and they take off. 
uh yeah i do i said a little bit in the beginning i think all this means Lisa's shit sucks i it's yep. really it's classic bad 80s sexist woman writing and um uh, it's, and not, it's, not only is it bad it's boring yes so it's, it's like a double criminally yes min may is like her own kind of brand of, of sexism she's like an airhead um but she's like an interesting one of those and like she's like three-dimensional and like surprises you in ways and like is doing her own thing and also she's 15 or uh, Miss Lee's is a little bit older uh so that's a little bit of an excuse so uh yeah kind of just lame across the board here uh very yeah. uh, I should I should I should really look it up to see how old Misa is right now but I'm afraid to get any sort of spoilers oh yeah it's um, probably fine I'll, I'll look it up later um and then yeah the the only other thing I have is just the narration at the end of Robotech yeah, like, we, we the narrator playing matchmaker over here what's going on as the huge battle fortress pulls away from the planet Mars, Rick Hunter sits on the flight deck, watching over the woman whose life he has just saved. He is torn between his growing attraction for the vulnerable and courageous Lisa Hayes and his strong feelings for the beautiful young girl Minmay, someone who he someday would very much like to call his girlfriend. Yeah, um, I mean, so, you know, fans of Macross and people who have looked a little too closely at you know, the famous Do You Remember Love poster will know that this is known for having a famous love triangle between Hikaru, Misa, and Lin Minmay, which does not present, it does not show up in any capacity in Macross in this episode at all. It is completely not here, like in the dialogue, in the relationship between Hikaru and, and Misa and how they're talking. And it's not really present in Robotech either until their narrator tells us it is. Yeah, until the narrator yeah. wills it into existence. Yeah. For, uh, like with absolutely no evidence. Uh, and, the, and the very, very funny bit at the end, which got the huge laugh out of me, uh, where he, he says, yep, if, you know, Mies, Mies is really hot, but he's also considering what it, Lin Minmay, who he really wishes was his girlfriend. I uh, like, he wishes well, one day he could call her a girlfriend or something like that. It was, yeah, it was, so funny. Yeah. Like, look, not that I really cared about the drama in this episode, but it's so funny to picture like Rick standing right outside uh, Misa coming to, to terms with her now dead loved one. And he's just thinking like, man, I really wish Lin Minmay was my girlfriend, but this girl here can also be my girlfriend, even though she's kind of old. Mm. Oh, I, could, I could do with the hair. I could I could I could move past the hair. <laughs> she might she might be vulnerable and ready for my advances. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't look, look, uh, that, that, that's something, uh, Fokker would do. Uh, you don't think that, that Hikaru would, would prey on a woman's emotion, emotional vulnerabilities in a time I think of Hikaru crisis? would think about it, but not, not act on it. Okay. Oh, I, and speaking of, I was thinking about girl walk for some reason, and I have something very funny to tell you about girl walking. All right. Tell me about girl walking. Okay. Girl walk is an acronym for. Ground effective reinforcement of winged armament with locomotive knee joint. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Pretty cool, huh? Locomotive knee hyphen joint, joint. in lowercase because there's no J in, in gear walk. Thank you for telling me. Uh, I'm a better person for knowing this. Yeah. I'm going to put this knowledge to good use uh, to help humanity. As, as long as we we're following up from previous episodes, too, can you just tell the audience what you thought? Uh, after I showed you that Aaron Sorkin newsroom Osama bin Laden plane scene, uh, I thought I w- 
It's no, it's, oh man. Uh, well, <laughs> first off, I, I just thought of John Cena coming up uh, on, on Monday Night Raw or whatever and telling the entire world that Osama bin Laden had been captured and compromised to a permanent end. It just seemed as uh, exactly as like at the end of the scene, after the comedy stuff, after the going back and forth, hey, you know, this and that. After that, and he got serious, and 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 the guy saw the wings on the on the on the pilot, and his 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 rank insignia on his shoulders. He's like, uh, "Sir, I just wanted to be the first to tell you that uh, we've uh, captured and compromised Osama bin Laden to a permanent end." And oh oh man, like I just want to describe the scene because it's so good. Question mark air quotes good. Yeah, it's it's oh. a great classic for a reason. Uh, now I'm picturing John Cena walking out and saying, "You know, I've I've good or bad news for all of you that Chiron has maybe put to a possible end one of his own guys, but we're not sure if it's permanent or how compromised he is." Uh, we just saw that he had like a little, like a little embarrassed tea, uh, is it not tea, a little embarrassed teardrop. Drop. Yeah, uh, and then he gives that big, <laughs> like exaggerated salute that John Cena does. Yeah. <laughs> the audience claps. <laughs> um that that's America. Uh yeah, bad bad up. Uh do you have anything else you, you want to talk about this episode? Just little little continuity gnarls. Is that what you called them? Gnarl? Yeah, snarl. Red, a snarl? I, I thought yeah. it was uh G N A R L. No, no, it's always been snarl. Okay. Continuity snarl. Yeah. Uh they 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 changed Macross to seventy thousand people. Do you remember oh, it was fifty thousand? In both? Yeah, they're both seventy thousand now. Oh, interesting, huh? Yes, people are making a lot of babies on the macros. Well, I mean, they're getting down, getting up, getting down. Yeah, jeez, uh, it was bad accounting the first time. Yeah, I mean, there could have been people in those buildings they didn't see. Captain Henry was much more receptive, uh, or at least receptive at all, to the possibility of there being survivors on the base. That that's a, a little difference that I noticed. Then Bruno, uh, Bruno just said, "Nope, no, no way." Let's go get some supplies. I think this is another example of Bruno uh, of Global just being a bad captain because all the red flags were there. They were like they stated each battle were forced to change course and end up closer and closer to Mars. And then once they're close to Mars, a former base, a, an abandoned base, like lights up with a signal. Like it's it's the most obvious ambush I've ever seen anywhere ever. And he just falls for it. Yeah, like I'm I'm falling off the global train here. Thank you. Well, that's about it. I don't think we have a cross up unless you want to cross up like the idea of not telling your significant other's father about a relationship versus not telling them that you're a weak little bad soldier if I ain't killing. Which would you rather do? Uh, I mean, I would rather be. I would not want to be in either of those situations. Thank you. Anyway, uh, that's all I got to say. We all got to go do some stuff. Go out there, have some fun. Manny, I don't know, you reading Yesakai or anything? How's that going? Uh, I'm reading a new one. It is. I, I sent you a paragraph of it. It is not oh, yeah. great. That's uh, um, about boobies, right? I, I, uh, what was the like? Oh, it's, I think it said, "Good thing I've been reincarnated as a woman." Because I can, I can grope another woman's breasts, and it oh, won't be boy. sexual harassment. 
Right. Yeah. That bad stuff, bad stuff for women all around this episode. Well, th- thanks for that excerpt. I hope you have a great day. Treat women with respect. If you're a woman, treat yourself with respect. Treat unless, everybody with respect, yeah. regardless of how they identify. Unless you've been treating a lot of women with disrespect, then don't respect yourself. Okay. I think that we got to do some math. We got to do some, some feminist math over here. We need to get out the fem calculator. Hope you guys have a freaking great day. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh yeah, I forgot the, the call off. The call off. Call I love you. Do you love me? Bye. Do you remember Robotech is hosted by me, Shane, and my good friend, Manny. The intro music is arranged by me, sampling the Macross opening, a Robotech commercial, and Lifelike by Alexi Action. The podcast art is arranged by Manny, with the logo in particular made by Glory Designs. Our ending music is a mashup of My Boyfriend is a Pilot and My Time to Be a Star, arranged by Joshua Collins.